Hey guys, this is Jacqueline and this is a Meopreneur. I'm glad to be back after taking a week off um, from the podcast. I'm working on new material, so it's it's taking time. But um, I actually had a really good week. I went to go see Talib Kuli. There was an event out here in Los Angeles and it just felt real intimate. Um, he has a new album out and it was good energy with good friends and good music and it just felt so good to be dancing and just be out and not be you know thinking about work or you know how how this is all going to get figured out it was just really refreshing to the soul and that's what i feel this interview coming up is all about Um, my friend naima i met her five years ago and instantly i knew that we were going to be friends naima lives the kind of life that i feel that we all really aspire to. She has um, multiple businesses. She's doing work that she loves. She's making money from it. It's uh, now created multiple businesses for her. She has a great group of friends. And of course, it hasn't come easy, but as she'll tell you, it's not as difficult as you think it might be. And I had to have her on because she talks about how that all started how she started evaluating her life her experiences learning to sit in a place where it gave her time to listen um, to the messages of what to do next and then the action steps that she took we talk about identity we talk about struggles as women um, how to get through that and past that and so much more so i'm really really excited uh, for this interview and i really hope that You'll enjoy it. Hmm. Wow. Okay. So for me, I think um, that happened when I found myself in a space where I knew there was something more for me out there. I was married. I was just kind of going along with um, just kind of going along with life without really being involved in creating an experience that felt good to me. So I was married. I was working a full-time job that I hated. Um, I was just going through the motions of trying to balance motherhood and make a living but doing all of these things in a way that wasn't feeding me, that had me feeling drained, that had me just wanting much more than what I had at that time. So I think something spoke to me then. And even after that space that I was in, just really taking the time to try to figure out exactly what it is that I needed to put me in a space where I felt like I was living um, in the vision that I had or that I've always had for myself. Um, It took me a lot of years to get to the point where I felt like, okay, I'm starting to get in the rhythm of me and what it is that I want for my life. And that was a very distinct shift for me. But even though I recognized it, it took me a long time to kind of sort that out and figure out, okay, so you know, I have a vision for where it is that I want to be, but how do I get there? You know, how do I get there and still 
make a living? How do I get there and take care of my kids? How do I get there and continue to feed and nourish myself spiritually? Um, you know, how to balance that all. But it was very clear to me, you know, just going through the motions of life and not really um, creating the experience that I knew I wanted to have. So do you feel that it all starts with a question? That something's just not right, even though, like you said, you're married, you have a family, you have, you know, a good job. So it just kind of starts with something. Just I, I, I think it starts with an experience. And for me, that experience wasn't feeling happy to me. I didn't feel like I was serving myself in that experience. And so then I started to question okay, so what is this? Like, what exactly am I doing? Like, at that point is when I started to evaluate kind of how I was living my life because I kept thinking, this can't be it. <laughs> like, I can't live like this for the rest of my life. So because of that experience that I was in, it caused me to question, okay, so what is this? What do I need to be doing? What do I need to change? What am I not doing right? You know, all of those things start to um, t start to come into your consciousness. And at that point, you question everything, you know, because it's very hard to go from a vision to actually manifesting it. So, you know, everything then becomes a question. So what did you do after that? After, you know, I think we all go through that questioning point, but not a lot of us have the you know maybe the answers or even the the strength to push past that what mm -hmm. was it that did it for you that you decided to actually take the action i want to say it's just kind of doing a lot of soul searching um for me things didn't really start to shift until i focused on me and not in a selfish way because i'm a mother and, you know, I have other people that rely on me and that I have to take care of, but more in a sense where I had to, for everybody, make myself the priority. So really taking the time to, to dig deep into what it is that I want. Like, what do I want for myself? How do I want to live this life? How can I show up in this life? Um, for myself and still serve other people? Um, what practices do I need to implement to feed myself in order to really have the energy to put into what it is that I want to create in this life? Because trying to create a vision is very hard if you're depleted. So, you know, some people look at self-care and putting yourself first as a priority, especially when you have kids or other people that you take care of as selfish, but how can you create from an empty space? How can you create if you're totally exhausted every day and not feeding yourself or even taking a few minutes of time to really kind of dig into yourself and your experience and how you feel and you know, and to do what you need to do to take care of that. So for me, it was a very conscious and intentional choice that I made to take care of myself first and 
by doing that, by feeding myself, um, really moving into a space where I had the energy to create the experience that I want to live in this life. And that kind of goes, you know, that trickles into my work, that trickles into how I take care of my children. I'm able to show up for them more fully in life because, you know, I'm doing things to feed myself and um, kind of makes its way into every kind of aspect of your life. Because when you have that energy, you can, you can do anything with it. And it gives you the kind of feed your passion and gives you everything you need to kind of make things happen in a way that's more effortless than what you may have thought it was going to be, because it doesn't have to be a hard process and it doesn't have to be, you know, it's work, but I think people have the misconception that, you know, that it's a lot of work and hard work to get to where you want. But when you're moving from a space where you're feeling really good, things just happen for you in a way that's effortless. So that's kind of been my experience in creating what I needed to in order to live the life that, that I want to. And I'm still doing that. I'm still, you know, still taking the time to really feed myself so that I can continue to create the experience that I want in this life on this earth. Um, it's a work in progress, but it becomes easier. So your process was kind of questioning why you weren't happy. And then you kind of decided to take some time for yourself, make yourself a priority. And mm -hmm. in that time, it allowed you to get that energy because people do say, you know, it's really, really hard, but I think it's more of a struggle with ourselves than it actually being super difficult. Mm -hmm. So for you, what were the, the next steps once you started, you know, questioning what was happening in your life, making yourself a priority so that you had enough energy to mm -hmm. go ahead and do what you wanted, what was calling you to do? What was your next step after that? Well, I have to say that somewhere in between that, I made moves. <laughs> so, you know, so it wasn't just a matter of, okay, now I just really need to take care of myself and I have to, to really practice, you know, what I preach about self-care and all that stuff. It wasn't just that, but it was making um, deliberate moves, physical moves, you know, re removing myself from certain relationships that, that were not serving my higher purpose. Um, you know, so, so I had to make adjustments to that. I, I needed to make adjustments to the space that I was living in, you know, that wasn't, um, serving my highest purpose. So I needed to make physical moves in order to be in a space where I could feed myself. So I didn't just sit around and say, okay, it's going to happen and things are just going to happen. No, I'm very proactive in that sense. Um, that if I'm not happy in a space, then I make moves to, you know, to kind of adjust and to better accommodate, to better accommodate me and what feels good to me. So, um, so I am very proactive in that sense. But just, um, just continuing to do the work. I think when you start to really take a look at yourself and to do the inner work, uh, you know, that's different for everybody. But for me, it's meditation. It's spending a lot of time in nature. 
and just trying to, you know, put, putting myself in spaces and conditions that allow me to, to dig deeper into myself and my spirituality and to um, be able to listen and receive messages that come from, you know, the higher source. And so by doing that, um, I'm able to fully listen and to honor what the messages that I'm being given for my life. So, you know, honestly, the past, I would say three or four years, um, as far as just things that I've attracted into my life, um, you know, for business and just my personal life, um, making space to attract people that I feel, um, you know, we have a good connection and can feed each other. Those types of relationships I've attracted and things have just come to me just because I've been really intentional about living in a way that feeds my soul and that makes me happy and that, you know, allows me to serve people. And so I think because I'm honoring everything that comes along that, you know, or that is put in front of me that is in alignment with that vision because I honor that and I take that and I say, okay, yes, thank you. You know, thank you, God. That was exactly what I was asking for. It just kind of moves and happens. Um, I think a lot of times with people, they ignore those signs or they'll, you know, turn down an offering when it's like, wow, that's exactly what you've been praying for. But now you're being resistant because of fear or because you don't feel like you're ready or because you feel like you're, you know, it's not the perfect time. Well, whenever is the perfect time. And so I never wasted time when I felt like, wow, this is a direct answer to what I've been asking for. I better honor it and I better move forward with it no matter how scared I am or no matter how unprepared I am for, you know, you know, taking a new major step, I just do it. So I guess in a sense, I'm a risk taker <laughs> because I don't know. I don't know if I'd call it a risk taker or just that I trust. I trust my journey. I trust my journey and I trust that I'm being led in a way that's going to serve me and that's going to serve my children and that's going to serve everyone's highest good. You know, so as long as that's happening and I'm not moving in a way um, that's selfish or only to serve myself, then I think I'll always be um, taken care of in that regard. So I trust. Yeah. So my, my question for you is, can you give me an example of something that you took action? Was that something when you kind of started your first business? Was that something that came to you? And kind of talk to me about your first business. I'm sorry, you blanked out for a second. What was the last question? Um, so my question was, can you give me an example of when you, when you heard something, right? You got a feeling like this is something that I need to move forward towards. Was that mm -hmm. something that happened with your first business? Mm -hmm. And then kind yeah. of talk to me about that. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that happened with my very first, quote, unquote, real business. 
um, when I started my children's fitness company, um, you know, I had been asking, I was very specific in what it was that I was asking for um, in my meditations and my prayers. Um, I was very specific. And although I was in a space where I was afraid to kind of go from the nine to five to entrepreneurship full time. Um, I knew that I was being called to do that. And so everything that I asked for, you know, from money to resources to just, you know, anything that I needed for that particular business, which I was very vocal about, everybody thought I was crazy, um, but I was very vocal about it. And every single thing that I asked for came to me in, you know, specific dollar amounts and specific resources. So I felt like, how dare I ignore that and say, no, I'm not ready yet. Or no, I still feel like I need to work full time in the meantime until I get it going. You know, it just, all of those things, all of those fear factors, what about my medical insurance and all of that stuff. Um, but I think I was at my wits end at that point to where I just didn't care. <laughs> and so I took it and ran with it and that opened up. That was my introduction to true entrepreneurship, you know, to just running my own business and to not working for anyone else. And from that point, in business, you know, even though I've moved on from that business um, and started another business, from that point, things just kind of flow. Like I ask for it and it comes. And that's not to say that there aren't challenges in between that. You know, it may be, there may be periods of time where I'm like, oh, this month is going to be kind of tight because I didn't have um, the turnout that I expected or, you know, whatever, but I just feel like that's growing pains and that's a part of it. And I do it anyway. And by doing it, it has been, you know, what I consider to be successful for myself, for where I am in my journey. Um, it just has happened. And I continue to go with that flow. You know, I'm going to ask for it and I'm going to say exactly what it is that I need and I'm just going to do it. Talk to me about your, your second business. What made you decide to, you know, move on from what you were doing with the kids mm -hmm. to start doing um, its holistic goddess retreat, right? Yes. You retreat because it seems so different, but maybe it's not so different to you. Okay. Well, for me, well, at the same time that I was doing the children's fitness company for a kid, I was doing my work with women and holistic health and healing and sisterhood experiences and hiking and getting out in nature. I was doing that the whole time. Um, but it was when I had a particular travel experience in 2014, when I visited Bali for the first time, that I was, I felt called to do something else. Um, it was through that experience where I came back with just a really strong um, calling and desire to facilitate other women having the same experience that I had in Bali, which was truly 
transformational for me. Um, what I experienced just on so many different levels in my spirituality and just self-healing and being immersed in a culture that is so grateful for everything. Um, it just really kind of changed my life, that experience. And so I knew when I came back, I, I just kept saying, I have to, you know, I have to take other women, like other women have to experience this. And um, I say women because, I mean, men should experience it too, but I say women because I'm a woman and I'm a mother. And I think that, and I was a wife at a you know, certain point, so I know what it is to be a wife. And I feel like we don't, uh, oftentimes we don't care for ourselves like we should. We don't take the time that we should to nurture ourselves and to really feed ourselves in order for us to really show up in the world to express our gifts and to express our passions and to be really successful um, and abundant in doing that. So it was important for me to um, have women take the time to step away from all of the things they have going on in life to have an experience such as the one that I had in Bali. So at the same time, um, my business partner, Veronica Ruiz, who has, um, who has traveled the world, she's been to over 85 countries, just all over the place. Um, she had kind of given me some advice for my experience in Bali. So when I got back and talked to her about it, she, um, you know, we met up one day just to talk about the whole experience. She was going to be in town because she lives in Chicago. And um, we just both kind of at the same time, like this light bulb or halo or whatever went off and we, we just both had this idea, like, we should do it. Like, we should have other, take other women and have them experience this. And so, um, so we were like, okay, when the time is right, when the time is right. So anyway, to make a really long story short, two years later, we just took a huge leap of faith and said, hey, let's do this. Let's plan to have a holistic goddess retreat in Bali. Let's invite you know, as many people, as, as many women as we know. And um, that retreat happened, uh, I think, eight months, eight or nine months after we talked about it and kind of planned the whole thing out. And because we had both had the experience of traveling to Bali before, we kind of knew what to do. And it was so successful and beautiful. And we just had an amazing group of women that joined us we had so many just beautiful um healing experiences sisterhood circles we went to the sacred water temple we had a beach ceremony just it was just amazing and um from that point we thought wow you know we should do this everywhere like we should take this all over the world and from that holistic goddess retreats was born so basically what we do is we host um international retreats most of the locations that we choose we have chosen because um either one or both of us has traveled to that location and 
these are really high vibe power spots or what they call vortices where they're, you know, there's a really big magnetic charge in that area from the earth um, that people are attracted to for spiritual healing, for um, just to awaken to the energies of yourself and to this earth. And um, so that's what we've done. And we are mission is to just inspire women to reawaken to their power, to just live beautiful, divine, you know, empowered lives, to really tap into their highest selves, um, to awaken their mind, body, and spirit, and just to assist people in connecting with their own ability to heal, because we believe um, that you are your healer and you have the power to heal yourself mind body and spirit so we take that and we couple it with a really amazing travel experience where you know pretty much everything is all inclusive from the ground transportation to the meals really amazing organic yummy food and um we do excursions so we can explore the beautiful places that we visit and we have a program called goddess giving where we have our our ladies that come do these experiences with us um, we give back to the communities that we visit in some way whether it's through donations or you know helping out children um, school children just whatever way that we can serve the community that we visit we have that program and it's just kind of taken off from there. So we just got back from Peru and we have a bunch of experiences lined up for 2018 and we are working on 2019 at this point. So that is Holistic Goddess Retreats. <laughs> That's beautiful. What do, you, what do you think is the, or has been your experience when these women, you know, take um, what you're doing what is it that you think that you see a lot of women struggle with the most when they're there? Um, I would say what we see most is women that are holding on to past traumas. So that could be anything from childhood trauma to you know, an emotional experience that shook them in some way that they're still carrying into, you know, they're carrying along with them in life, whether that's conscious or subconscious, um, that could be past ancestral ties, you know, things that struggles and, you know, uh, things that have been carried down from generation to generation that have some people feeling like, they're bound by that dark energy or whatever, you know, whatever that experience was. Um, and just not, not fully living in their gifts and their passion and their power. Um, a lot of times women come just needing to feed themselves and to, you know, it's really we could do this anywhere. Like we could do this anywhere in the world. We could do this at home. But a lot of times it takes for a woman to kind of step out of their daily thing, you know, the work and taking care of the kids and, you know, just 
running around doing all of the mundane things that we do every day, it takes for them to step out of themselves for a minute and to go have this sort of experience, which we do some like deeply transformational work. You know, we're actually, yes, it's a vacation and we're enjoying the experience of being in another country and the beauty and, you know, the spa and all that stuff, but we're doing work. Like we're having sisterhood circles where we get together and we're talking about, um, you know, what's holding you down and, you know, holding on to energies that don't serve our highest good. And so we're, we're really digging deep and they're able to release that energy and um, really open up to who they truly are. So, you know, a lot of times it's just holding on to things that don't serve us. That's what I've seen the most. What do you think is the difference between someone who's able to let go and someone that's holding on? Like, what is your advice that you give to them that maybe you see them struggling with? Like, what is the difference you think? Well, I'm sure everyone has heard that. It, 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 I would use the analogy um, like spring cleaning, what people call spring cleaning. You know, we go through this point in time where we feel like in our house, everything's a mess. And, it, you know, there's all this clutter and you don't feel good about it. And you're just like, oh, I need to clean up my space. It's such a mess. I can't find anything. I don't know, you know, I misplaced something. And, um, you know, maybe if I just clean up or get rid of some things, it'll feel like a breath of fresh air. And I'll feel good about going home and spending time in that space. That happens in the mind. Okay, so, you know, holding on to past trauma, holding on to dark experiences, holding on to relationships that you don't need to hold on to holding on to mental clutter does the same thing, you know, do, does things that don't serve your body, you know, cause that starts to show up in the way of disease and, you know, ailments in the body and peace of mind and all that stuff. And that interferes with you really living the life that you envision living. So I talked to before about, you know, creating the vision for, how it is that I want to live my life. A lot of times people don't know what that is. They aren't able to create the vision because they have so much clutter and so much just trash in their mind that there's no free space to even create a vision for how it is that you want to live your life. You know, because they're in a space that, you know, their mind is so full of all, all of this clutter that they're not open to receive anything, messages, you know, that may be guiding them in creating that vision for themselves or um, the space to allow people that, you know, to attract to you, to attract the right people in your life and all of those things. So I think until you're, you put yourself it's not just going to happen on its own, but until you put yourself in a space where you can take that time to really sort through, um, you know, and clear out all of that gook and to get rid of all of the BS stories that you've been told about yourself and what's holding you down, um, 
that vision won't really come to life and you won't get the messages that are meant specifically to guide you in your journey to living your best life. Um, so my advice, I think you, you asked what advice would I give? Um, my advice would be to put yourself in spaces where you can receive messages to where you can be quiet. Um, whether that's going away on retreat or whether that that's just taking the time at home, you know, taking the time in the day to just really be still and to listen and to receive. Um, and most importantly, to, to implement, you know, to put yourself in spaces where you can implement, where nothing is holding you back, you know, where you don't have people that don't support you in this life and in your journey where you don't have, um, where you're not in environments that don't serve you, you know? So just being proactive in taking the steps that you need to take, because it's not going to just happen for you. You have to be, be very deliberate and intentional, um, in doing this in order for things to just open up. So, um, it's a process. The process. So in the beginning, I talked to you about transition and how we don't really talk about it, right? What we go through and not having a lot of the vocabulary or kind of what's happening. And so what I've gotten from you is that for your transition, it was in the beginning, kind of listening to yourself and not knowing, you know, just feeling like you weren't happy and that you needed to sit somewhere and really figure out, you know, what was next. So in that process, I'm guessing that's where you were cleaning out you know, your clutter so that you mm -hmm. could have that vision. And then it, and then you're kind of like in the in-between where, you know, this isn't what you want, but you know that you want to move forward. You're just unsure. And that's mm -hmm. when you're cleaning, you know, that clutter and trying to get that vision for you. Mm -hmm. And then moving forward, what would you say is, you know, after, you know, cause a lot of identity comes up. I'm a mother. I'm, I work a nine to five. Mm -hmm. This is who I am. Um, but I'm too afraid. And I've seen that when, when my company had layoffs, people were freaking out. And I was just like, it's just a job. You will find okay. another one. Okay. And it wasn't until I talked to this man and he kind of was like, broke it down. He's just like, they're not afraid of losing their job. They're afraid okay. of losing their identity. And okay. that's what they're really struggling with, but they attach it to like money or a job. Okay. But in reality, it's our identity. So Right. Past that in between of letting go of who you think you are and kind of letting women know um, you have to kind of sit in that in between um, so that the vision comes, you let go of stuff. What is that looking forward? You know, what mm -hmm. is that next step that you would say after you're in that in between, I guess, if that makes sense? Okay. So I want to kind of back up a little bit because you said something that kind of struck a chord in me. And you said, you know, as far as identity is concerned, um, you know, the, all of the titles, I'm a mother and I am, you know, I work a nine to five job, you, whatever, you know, your job is. And all of these things that you say that you are and you said, this is who I am. Well, that's not who you are. That's what you do, right? These are all, these are all titles. But I think when you get to a space where you recognize who you are, not what you do, but who you are, 
you know, if somebody were to ask me who I am, I could, I could think of so many words to describe that, but it wouldn't be, you know, and I might say something like, well, I'm a mother, you know, but that's not who I am. Who I am is a divine being. Who I am is my highest self. Who I am is love. Who I am is graceful and wise. And those are all, you know, words that I could use to describe who I am. Um, I don't consider what I do for a living to be who I am. And so people are walking around with this false sense of identity because they're so connected to what they do for a living or how much money they make. And, you know, all of these titles that we've been given as a result of where we've ended up on our journey. And so I think when you strip all of that away and you get to the core of yourself, all of those titles and all of those, you know, identity things that are holding us back um, will start to fall away. So it's not about, well, I do this for a living and this is how much money I make. You know, when you're really tapped into your purpose and doing, you know, what you really have been divinely led to be doing in this life, the money comes and you're fed like with love and with purpose and with passion, all of those things live in you. So the, obviously the money will just come and it's not tied to, you know, a title. And that's what's so important to people when it comes to titles and recognition and all those things. It's like, okay, well, how much money do you make? <laughs> you know, like, am I doing enough to take care of myself? And it's, that's not to say that money is not important because we all want to live comfortable lives. You know, I'm thinking, I think about ways that I can make more money, but that's not what drives me. Like the driving force isn't, well, how much money can I make doing this? The driving force is that I'm living in a way that I'm doing something that is serving people, which serves me. And I'm doing something that's fun and that's enjoyable and that I look forward to and all of those things. And the fact that I get paid for it, great. Like, that's awesome. That's where I want to be, you know. And so I just wanted to kind of go back on that statement because when you said that, I was like, oh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> yeah, that's why it was so, I just, I couldn't get it um, when people were really having like these fits, they were throwing up in the bathroom and I was just kind of like, you hate this job. Why uh -huh. are you so afraid to lose it? And talking to that man, I was like, okay, now that makes sense to me. They are very tied in their identity and that's why uh -huh. they're having the issues that they're having. You know, uh -huh. that, that made sense to me. I was like, oh, okay, I see. Yeah, it's a, an emotional, personal, physical question for them. It wasn't right. for me, you know, but I was driven, driven by something different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, and I think your question, um, as far as that was concerned, was like, what would be the next steps for somebody that's in that in-between? And I think part of the in-between is self-discovery and really tapping into 
what feels good and what you want to do, how you want to live your life. And that, that part is work. I mean, it's being proactive and it's, it's not going to just come from, you know, it's just not going to just drop in your lap. And I think that's the misconception is that people think, well, I've been doing my meditating. I've been like putting my crystals in the corners and I have been doing my yoga. So why has this thing not shown up? Like, why am I not living my purpose? And it's like, okay, well, what actionable steps have you taken aside from meditation and prayer, you know, all of those things that work, but what actions have you taken? What are you doing every day to get to that point? And so it's a balance between all of those energies. It's you taking actionable steps to get to where you need to be for whatever it is that you're going to do, whether that's, um, whether that's putting yourself in places um, where you will be fed with information about what it is that you're trying to do or having a mentor of some sort or taking some classes of some sort or, um, you know, finding resources because, I mean, everything is online now and there's a free resource for everything. So there's kind of no excuse. Um, so it's that along with prayer, meditation, doing things that feed your spirit, um, making sure that you are doing things that will give you the energy to pour into your passion. It's all of that together. And doing all of those things, who knows how long it's going to take. For some people, it just happens seamlessly and effortlessly. And for other people, it's a little more of a struggle. But I guarantee that those who experience more struggle in their journey, they're picking up little keys along the way. You know, they're learning the lessons from whatever that experience was. They're learning, you know, they may go through a point in time where they feel like things are stagnant and things aren't picking up for them. But there's a message to be heard in that. But if you're not listening... And if all you can do is focus on, oh, it's just not happening fast enough or it's not coming together the way that I had envisioned, if you're not getting the message in that space, then you're not listening intently enough.